Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Wow, what a Sunday it was in the National Football League. Excited to get into it all here on this Monday edition of the Lombardi Line on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, alongside former NFL GM Michael Lombardi. Stormy Bonantoni with you. We'll have Thomas Gable join us in about a half an hour and an hour to Albert Breer talking all things trade deadline ahead of tomorrow's Halloween trade deadline. Who's going to scare some of the contenders potentially in the National Football League with who they pick up? But Michael, wow, um, I was scared yesterday. Um, we, we have the San Francisco 49ers and Kansas City Chiefs, a couple of contenders down the stretch that end up going down in interesting ways. We have quarterbacks that just continue to drop like flies. What were some (laughs) of your big takeaways from yesterday, my friend? Yeah, that's what I said on the podcast. Uncle Junior used to say, oh, they're dropping like flies, right? I mean, that's the way I felt like watching those games yesterday. Poor Kirk Cousins last year of his contract. You know, his Achilles, that's horrible. Watching some of the other quarterbacks play, we saw Kenny Pickett go out. You know, we saw some bad quarterbacking play in the Meadowlands. That was atrocious. Tyrod Taylor goes out. So, yeah, it was difficult. I I think the difference between the good teams, San Francisco and Kansas City, I felt like watching Kansas City, they, they lost the game. I thought watching San Francisco, Cincinnati beat them. I thought there were two mm-hmm. different things. I mean, when you go through it and, you know, it's not typical for Patrick Mahomes to have that many turnovers or their offense to turn the ball over. They scored 24 points to the Kansas City, the Denver Broncos. They got the ball at the Chief 39. They got the ball at midfield. They got the ball at the Chief 10. They got the ball at the Chief 20. That tallied into 24 points. They even turned the ball over in yeah. Chief territory. <laughs> So I think that was just one of those blips in the road. Mahomes had the flu, which is explainable. You know, as we said on the show yesterday, I mean, I know Joe Montana had hypothermia and came out in the Cotton Bowl and won it, but Mahomes didn't look himself. Whereas for the 49ers, and I hate to break this to you, but I was on them all for all the wrong reasons. I didn't handicap that game well at all. And the Bengals surprised me with how they played, how their offensive line played, how Burrow played, and how poorly this 49er defense looks, especially not creating negative plays or ever getting control of the game. Because from the start of that game, 
to the last of the game. I never felt like the 49ers had any chance to win, let alone cover the four points. Well, and I think that goes back to what you're saying, comparing these two games, too, because for the Kansas City Broncos game, even with all of the mistakes that Kansas City was making and Denver being in control for the entire game largely, you still felt at any moment up until the fourth quarter, like Kansas City still going to they could still come back and they could still do this. I didn't feel that with San Francisco either, Michael. And Joe Burrow coming off of the bye, he showed his athleticism, his mobility. He's starting to get back to normal, getting to 100%. San Francisco looked off in just about every facet. And I think it's interesting because you talked so much about the 49ers being really like two plays away from still being undefeated those last couple of games. And then they come into this one and it seems like all the little things that we thought that they had overcome still we're just we're there and so it's Brock Purdy with the interceptions obviously and it's back-to-back games now that he has two second half interceptions that you just can't have it's the defense like where is Nick Bosa where is Javon Hargrave showing up I never hear his name after I feel like the secondary is not delivering it's it's really strange based on what we were talking about San Francisco the first five weeks of the year Yeah. And I mean, when you break it down too, right? I mean, they couldn't create a negative play. I mean, Armstead had two negative plays, but other than that, they really had a hard time getting the the Bengals into third, second and 14, second and 12, you know, and that's where they live off. But like I said on the pod today, everything in football, you know, we tend to react to great. This team's great. That team's great. Well, there are times they look great in situations. For example, when the Niners are playing from in front, that defense looks great. Mm-hmm. When the Niners are not playing from in front, that defense looks very beatable. And their defensive front, which is what the strength of their team is, when that doesn't take over the game, how are they going to win the game? Purdy's going to catch all the crap, right? But look, the opening drive of the game for the 49ers is probably the most important thing. They went three plays and punted. Next thing you know, they're down seven points. They got back in the game, but then they couldn't do anything in the second quarter. And they got fortunate that that fumble happened right before the half, right? Because the Bengals don't score. Again, what happens in the fourth quarter? We keep talking about this all the time. Why do you bet against Arizona in the point spread? They rarely score in the fourth quarter. The Bengals put 14 points on them in the fourth quarter. The Chiefs don't score in the second half. How many times are you going to say, honestly, the Chiefs are not scoring in the second half? Yeah, against the, the team that gave up 70. Now, I know they're playing better, but come on now, right? That that wasn't the Chiefs. What has to worry you, and I think this kind of goes into it, and we'll talk to Albert Breer later, I think the Niners are going to feel a little sense of desperation. I agree with you, and I, I think it also, you know, we talked about the Eagles and how they go out and get Kevin Byard last week, and it's adding to an area of need. I think the 49ers are going to try to be aggressive when it comes to the next 24 hours and what they're able to do at the trade deadline because it's clear that they're missing something. And they're still obviously odds on favorite in the division. They are still tied with the Philadelphia Eagles to go ahead and win the NFC. But losing these three games, I think, is significant. And I know it's it's not how you start, which is the 5-0 and start. It's how you finish. And if they can claw their way out of this, that's going to be important. What are your impressions of where Cincinnati is at right now? Because they, of course, had a slow start and they are just coming to form. Even the offensive line looked good yesterday. They did. And, and I thought their game plan was good, too. Their play calling was good. Remember now, they only had... They only had nine third downs in the game. So when you are a defense like San Francisco that relies on the pass rush 
and you don't get into third down. They were only in eight third downs, the Bengals. That means they were playing Canadian football. They were converting first downs and two downs, you know, and they averaged 6.5 yards a play. You know, Mm -hmm. they were averaging 6.5 yards a play. So they were in control of the game from start to finish, and they kept the 49ers off balance. I thought Burrow was great. I thought they mixed up what they were doing. I thought they they really spent a lot of time in the bye week of – doing a self-scout of saying, okay, here's where we are. Here's what we need to do. And defensively, they hung in there. They created enough turnovers. I mean, they gave up. The Niners actually outgained them. Nobody would believe this. They outgained them. They had a better uh, yards per play than than the Niners did, but, but then the Bengals did. But they turned the ball over, and you can't do that against a good team. I kind of get the sense that maybe, you know, maybe they would have been better off playing Darnold because was, was, Purdy didn't look like he was the same guy. Well, and Michael, I don't want to make I don't want to make excuses for the 49ers, but I know that's what it's going to sound like in this spot. But you look at the way they're coming off that Monday night football game against the Vikings last week. Purdy goes into the concussion protocol late. They have the short turnaround with travel from Minnesota, taking on a Bengals team that's coming off of the bye. So ample time to prepare. It's, a, you know, a, an imbalance from that standpoint. And a guy that are we sure that he should have been 100 percent like ready to go in that game in general when we hadn't seen another player go through the the protocol in such a short time as we did Brock Purdy this week. I, I That was something that I know everybody was shocked that Brock Purdy ended up clearing the protocol as quickly as he did. You're right. And and what I was also shocked was their inability to run the football. Sure. I mean, again, think about it. You again, know? that's I mean, not just a one-time again, sample size. Know, I mean, they, had, they averaged 8-2 a play, but they only had 113 yards rushing. 23 carries. That's not what Shanahan wants to do. And once again, they get to the fourth quarter. They're down by a touchdown. What happens? They guarantee a loss. I mean, that number is kind of interesting to throw around. 39 straight losses if you're down by eight points or more in the fourth quarter. But it really is revealing. Now, look, I know they miss Trent Williams. They miss him badly. Mm-hmm. And last year, they kind of went through a similar thing in the middle of the season. Remember, they lose to Atlanta. They lose to Kansas City at home. And then all of a sudden they explode. This happens to teams. In, in 2002, when I was with the Raiders, we start 4-0. Things look really good. Go to St. Louis, get beat. Next thing you know, we lose four in a row. And we go to Monday Night Football to play Denver, and everybody's got us buried. We're going to lose the game. We win that game and go on to win the rest of them. So it's really about San Francisco figuring out what's wrong with our team. Why are we not being able to do the things we need to do to get us the lead and play from in front. And I don't think it's as much offensively as it is they've got to look at what they're doing defensively. Yeah, and again, I think that's where it's going to be important at the trade deadline, see what they end up doing if they do go grab a piece, whether it's for that secondary or somebody to come off of the edge for San Francisco. And, and the offense too, though, it's it's not like they've scored over 20 points the last three weeks either. So I think it's just everything needs to get back on track and get together. Um, Joe Burrow, 283 yards, three touchdowns, had 43 on the ground. And this is after coming into the game with just 14 rushing yards the previous games combined 43 yesterday we saw that one play with Michael where he should have been sacked by Nick Bosa he should have been sacked again gets out of it ends up getting the first down so I think you're seeing from his standpoint like the back to normal 100% Joe Burrow which is a scary thing in the AFC if I am a Kansas City or if I am one of those other teams on top right now Right, and by Ann Buffalo, who's coming to town. Sure. And Buffalo's not playing their best. Now, look, I still think defensively they're not quite there. And the Niners, but they're able to get control of the game with their offense. 
And, you know, that's a good sign if you're a Bengal fan. They really look good in the game. And they got the ball to Chase. They got the ball Taylor, Tyler Boyd. Got the ball to Higgins. I mean, their weapons showed up. And they're a talented team if they protect. And they did yesterday. They were able to. And his movement creates more problems. I mean, when he scrambles for first downs, mm-hmm. it eliminates you trying to play cover two man to under. Because he takes you right out of it. So, and he only, what, he threw four incomplete passes the entire day. He was great. I mean, I'm watching the game knowing I gave out San Francisco as a recommendation. <laughs> and from the first quarter, Stormy, I'm like, this is the, I'm, I'm on the wrong yeah. side of this. You just know it right away. Yeah, his best performance of the year by far to this point. You talk about getting those rushing first downs. That's what made him such a difference maker last season. We hadn't had the opportunity to see much of that. We are once again here from that standpoint. Now, you mentioned off the top, Kirk Cousins, a lot of the quarterback injuries. We have a number of them to get into when we come back here on the break. Cousins, Stafford, Tyrod Taylor, Daniel Jones, Desmond Ritter, Jalen Hurts, like the list goes on and on. So stay with us here on the Lombardi line. We'll update you on all of the latest when we return. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. For anyone who didn't know, today is the sports equinox. It's the only day this year where all four major sports are in action. We got Monday Night Football, World Series Game 3, 11 games in the NBA, 9 in the NHL. And our team, to help you celebrate, has put together a VEASAN Sports Equinox parlay at DraftKings Sportsbook. Here it is. Get your pencil out. Hurricanes Flyers over six goals. Lions minus four and a half in the first half of the Monday night football game tonight. Diamondbacks first five, take them there. And the Magic plus one and a half against the Lakers. LeBron's questionable, so that line moved down from four. But the one and a half, that is the sports equinox. VSIN parlay at DraftKings. The crown is yours. Make sure you get the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. And that parlay set up right there. I already saw on the screen earlier today, Michael, over a thousand people have got in, joined the party with us. Should be fun. And uh, yeah, we talk about, I teased, Michael, the the quarterback injuries on Monday Night Football. Jimmy Garoppolo back out there for the Raiders as they head out to Detroit tonight. 
Yeah, I mean, big one for the Raiders, right? I mean, you know, look, uh, it's going to be a challenge because of this front for Detroit's really good. It's hard to run the ball. The Raiders want to run the ball, even though they haven't had a 100-yard rusher all season. They're going to have to throw the football and protect on the road is a challenge. And one thing we've seen from Detroit is their ability when they get in front, play from in front, they make it very challenging on opponents. You can throw the ball on Detroit. There's no question you can. Can you protect well enough? And that's going to be the challenge for the Raiders plus you know, without the great running game, without Montgomery, you know, we'll see a little bit more of Gibbs. Can they actually make, can they actually get off the field on third down? When the Raiders have gone on the road, whether it was Buffalo, they have struggled. Even in Chicago, they had a hard time getting off the road on third down. Yeah, betters have been all over Jameer Gibbs over his rushing yards prop, by the way, today. Our leg of that parlay was the Lions minus four, four and a half in the first half. And my reasoning for that, obviously, this team is better than they showed last week against the Baltimore Ravens. They got boat raced from the opening kickoff, but I was looking through their games, Michael. Detroit had at least a touchdown lead in the first half in five straight games prior to what happened last week. Um, They'll be excited. It's the second time ever hosting Monday Night Football since 2014. And um, Jared Goff, much more protective productive at home as well so a lot of reasons yeah. i think to like the lines early yeah that place will be rocking tonight i mean that's a it's a great venue that place will be really rocking tonight. it'll be loud and the raiders can't you know what here's what happens when you're a team that goes on the road like that you end up getting false starts you play from you play from behind the down and see cincinnati goes out there and they don't play from behind the down and distance. They control first down. The Raiders' biggest issue this year is their inability to win first down. You know, they haven't, because they haven't been able to run, because they keep trying to run on first down, they have not been a good first down team getting positive yards, getting the second and seven, and then converting. You know, they've been in too many third down situations, which ultimately, you know, the more third downs you get into, I know people say, well, let's just get in a third and manageable. That, that doesn't work. I mean, Cincinnati showed really the formula on how you want to be a good offense. You stay out of third downs as much as you can. The Raiders getting seven in Detroit for this one for the game spread total 46 and a half. We'll revisit this game a little bit, um, see how betters are playing it with Thomas Gable in about 15 minutes or so. But let's get into, um, you know, the big news coming out of yesterday that Kirk Cousins, unfortunately, looks like he torn the Achilles. Obviously, the MRI to confirm, mm-hmm. but everybody knew when they saw it. It's it's just so obvious when it is an Achilles injury and such a crushing blow, Michael, for a Vikings team that was really trending up after that one and four start looked like they had pulled things together still end up winning 24 10 yesterday in a division matchup with the Packers but how tough is this now for the way that we want to view Minnesota moving forward and of course Kirk Cousins as an individual who's going to be a free agent after this year well, welcome to the pack, Minnesota. Life without a quarterback. You know, we got a bunch of teams over here in the corner that you can join them, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's tough, right? And, and it's a shame because they were playing really good defensively, right? They held San Francisco down to 65 yards rushing, right? They, were, they did a great job against Chicago. They held them down. Chicago couldn't move the ball. You know, even the Kansas City game, that was there for the taking. They had their opportunity. You know, the one that they really let get away were the Chargers. They turned the ball. Remember all we talked about? on the Minnesota Vikings with the red zone turnovers earlier in the year, and they've cut them down and their defense improved as the year went along. But now it's going to be a really tough struggle because, you know, they're going to find out what life is like without cousins, even though they know they've overpaid them, but life with Jaron Hall might not be the same. You know, he's 25 years old. He played sparingly. He played the preseason in the three games. He threw the ball 46 times, you know, where everybody says, well, they'll go out and trade for a quarterback. Who? 
Who are they getting? Colt McCoy. Who's giving is the up name a that comes to mind? Tell me. I, I said I said Colt McCoy comes to mind, and Elliot said Carson Wentz. <laughs> I mean, to me, it'll be somebody from the Kevin O'Connell family tree, right? He was in Saint, he was in Arizona, but there's no. He was in Los Angeles, and he was also in Washington, and I think he might have been there with Colt. So that does make some sense, you know, because he'll know. But can Colt stay healthy? I mean, it's the same thing, you know. I liked the Giants yesterday, and I kept saying for two weeks. Remember now, if you bet the Giants. You know, you could, you're one play away from Tommy DeVito, right? And what happened yesterday? You look like one Danny play DeVito. Away from Tommy out there. DeVito. Yeah. So it's the same thing. You know, you go with Colt, you're one play away from Jared Hall anyway, because Colt has a hard time staying healthy at his age and where he is. There's no answers. If there were answers out there, we wouldn't have so many right. bad quarterbacks playing. And this notion you're going to trade for one, who? Like, who are you trading for? I mean, P.J. Walker, I mean, he was horrible yesterday. I mean, he cost them the game at the end of the game. They had a chance to beat Seattle, you know, and, he, and they throw double slants on both sides and the ball gets tipped. Next thing you know, 54 yards away, they score a touchdown, they win in cover. Yeah, and O'Connell does have that connection with um, with Colt McCoy, was his quarterback's coach in Washington. He was. Um, but, yeah, to your point, if he can stay healthy, Jaron Hall, fifth-round rookie out of BYU, he backed up Zach Wilson for a couple of years. He has been injury-prone himself, though, Michael. So that's some information to have in the back pocket. He's a mobile guy. He takes some bad hits at times when he doesn't get down. Um, the the Vikings right now are sitting in that seventh spot in the NFC. So they're in wild card position with a soft schedule ahead. And you just really, mm -hmm. really feel for this team because Kirk Cousins was playing some of the best football of his career. Honestly, yeah. lately, he was tied to Tua Tungavailoa, leading the NFL in um, in touchdown passes, second to Tua in passing yards at this point. And things seem to be clicking 70 percent completions on the year. So what that means for them long term, we'll have to wait and see. And uh, by the way, I, I know that yesterday wasn't the greatest day for me in general in terms of my leans, but I loved the Vikings in the first half of this game. The Packers continue to start slow. Yeah, that's a discussion that, that that's a discussion that, that has to be had. I mean, this Packer team, you know, in terms of what I thought this summer where they could play good defense and try to win – they're not. I mean, they can't. There's. They can't get anything going through their quarterback. The offensive line doesn't really play, and they start slow. I mean, they had a chance in the fourth quarter in this game. I mean, they get the ball spotted on their own on, on the Viking fifteen, and the and the next thing you know, they're they're they can't score. Mm -hmm. You know, when Cousins went out, you're thinking, okay, here's. But you never got the sense from Green Bay that they were going to be able to to turn this thing around. I mean, Green Bay is offensively bad in the first half. I mean. They're bad in the second half. They haven't, you know, look, let's face it. They've lost to Atlanta. They've lost to the Raiders. They've lost to a bad Denver team. And they lost to Minnesota after that. And so they can't run the ball. They had 74 yards running against Minnesota. Against Minnesota. You know, even when they ran the ball against the Raiders, they turned the ball over three times. So, you know, the, the question is, if you're Green Bay, you got seven games with Jordan Love, you know, he doesn't complete pass. against a team that doesn't play great pass defense, had a hard time completing passes. You're going to have to ask yourself, where are we going? Especially given the quarterback talent we know that is going to be there in this year's draft. They started the season two and one, dropped four straight now as they get set for week nine moving ahead. Uh, here's what I would say about Green Bay. Everybody says, well, they're not talented. I would say this. If Green Bay would have hired Schwartz instead of Cleveland, they keep Joe Barry. 
Green Bay's defense would have looked a lot better. Mm. I'm just saying. Green Bay's defense is better than we see. I know they're 30, you know, they don't stop the run very well, you know, but I just think from a ta- from a front seven standpoint, they're better than where they ranked at 21st in terms of yards allowed, in terms of rushing yards allowed, all those areas. They did, um, by the way, and in case anybody missed it, they did lock up Rashawn Gary to a four-year extension earlier today. Uh, $96 million contract extension based on new money, 34 and a half signing bonus, making him now one of the highest paid pass rushers in the National Football League. Uh, just to cement the Packers' slow starts, though, they have been outscored seven. 73 to nine in the first half. Their last five games haven't scored a touchdown before halftime in any of them took five series before they got their first first down yesterday. Um, We still we have so much more to talk about recapping Sunday, Michael. We still didn't even get into the mayhem in MetLife that we saw. What a miraculous win for the New York Jets. ESPN Analytics. ESPN Analytics, Michael, had that a 99.9% chance for the Giants to win with about a minute and 19 left in the game. They end up losing in overtime. I mean, it's impossible. And I mean, I had that game. I was picked that one and I didn't think I was going to win it. And then when they teased me, it got me right to the brink <laughs> and I'm counting it as a win. And I, I'm going to just, and then Russo, oh my God, I, we got to go over that. My Russo picks, oh, horrible. Yes. Okay, we, we have that. I still won the week. I still won the week. Thank God. Thank That's- God for Baltimore's allowing the uh, onside kick. Thank <laughs> That's God. That's all that matters. We, we have that. We have some... Panthers winning their first game. Who is this Will Levis? Round two, who? But first, Thomas Gable coming up next. Don't miss it. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all of the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to the VEASAN.com slash picks page where you can sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. You can also check on the top VEASAN experts leaderboard where you can view betting records, profit, and ROI to see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. For VEASAN Pro picks, betting splits, betting guides, plus 24-7 video access, become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. You can do so for only 120 bucks through May 1st, VEASAN.com slash subscribe. We're rolling along here alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bond, and Tony with you. And we're going to head behind the counter now to our good friend, Thomas Gable, director of the race and sports book at the Borgata out there in Atlantic City. And we were just talking in the commercial break. What a wild day it was in the NFL yesterday. The Chiefs and 49ers both get upset. And where we'll start here actually is with the Giants and Jets mayhem that took place in that last minute and a half of regulation. And then in overtime, I know you guys get a lot of Giants money out there. Giants folks out there in the book what was that like where you go from it looks like they're gonna win straight up have no problem to uh minus three push with the jets winning 13 10 yeah yeah i mean that's basically a civil war game for us between the giants and jets fans um so it's evenly split here but more jets money showed up here so we actually needed the giants we're on the side we needed the giants uh, to cover the three. And that game was three pretty much through the week. I think it did touch two and a half, maybe on Tuesday uh, for a few hours, but mostly it was three. And <clears throat> for the, the Giants to, to lose that, Giants betters to just get the push on that, um, not, not great. Um, we did end up winning on the total in that game, very low total, close to 34 and a half. I don't think people uh, thought that that game would stay under uh, the 34 and a half, but so we did win on the total, but 
certainly would have been a better result had uh, the Giants uh, been able to to close a deal on that. I mean, and um, I don't know, at least locally here, the other thing that happened with that game, it was on CBS, and then CBS cuts away from it when it's in overtime to start the 49ers (laughs) game, and there was an eruption in the book when that happened, (laughs) so we had to scramble to find the the other channel for the the Jets and Giants to finish that one out, but yeah, uh, not a a great beat there for for Giants backers, and you have to almost say the same thing for the Eagles and the Commanders game yesterday. Uh, It you know, the Eagles got the, the late touchdown there. They they ran it in to go up 14 in that one. And you think, okay, if you laid the seven there with the Eagles, you're in, in pretty good shape. And then the commanders come down and score again. And um, that game pushes on the side as well. Another one, very similar to the Jets and the Giants game, where we ended up winning on the total, uh, but have to push. Uh, on the on the spread on that one, so uh, yeah, I mean you had those two games, and then of course the uh, shenanigans at the end of the the Ravens Cardinals in the in the late slate there, uh, where again Ravens closed nine and a half point favorites, and not a huge decision on this game for us, uh, but I, I do I do feel bad for the people who who had the Ravens there laying the nine and a half because. The way that that game ended, and uh, the Cardinals being able to uh, to cover that number there, and getting the onside kick and the late field goal, it was just uh, really ridiculous. But um, I, I can tell you from here, there, there were not too many people who needed the Cardinals on their tickets, uh, just from the reactions uh, we were seeing and hearing from people. But yeah, I mean, it was a wild, wild Sunday um, with with a lot of these games. I mean. Um, when you, when you kind of go down the, the list here, Saints and Colts, um, Saints pretty much uh, in command in that one, 38-27 final. They easily covered a two-and-a-half there. Uh, game flies over the, the 43-and-a-half total where that closed that. Uh, not a great result for us in that one. The, the Jags and Steelers, uh, again, Jags close two and a half point favorites. Um, Steelers once again struggled to muster any offense. Uh, twenty ten final there, and uh, not too much of a decision on that one. The, the Texans and the Panthers, uh, another game that came down to uh, at least the uh, the winner. The Panthers were obviously going to be able to cover, uh, but they end up getting the win fifteen thirteen on the field goal. Uh, there's time expired, but. Um, Good, good for us on the side in that one. Not so much the total. End up losing on the total in that one. Um, Rams and Cowboys. That game was over pretty early. Uh, Cowboys just looked, you know, offensively like a juggernaut again. Uh, Forty-three to twenty final there. Uh, Cowboys closed a seven-point favorite up from six where they opened. Um, so no problems there for Cowboy backers. And obviously the the total. If you had the over in that game, you weren't sweating that. Uh, much at all with the way the Cowboys poured it on uh, right from the start. Um, Patriots, Patriots and Dolphins, not too much of a decision on that one for us. Uh, Dolphins do uh, cover that. Patriots were taking a little bit of money there. Um, Dolphins opened as 10.5 point favorites in that game, and uh, it got it actually closed 7.5. Um, so Patriots did take some money there. And then the uh, the Falcons and the Titans, Will Levis debut. I don't know if you've already touched on this one, guys, but um, 
uh, you saw Levis come in and it gets the job done and uh, Titans win the game, uh, even though they're two and a half point dogs there at home, uh, 28-23. And uh, Michael, is this a case where here, you know, not quite sure what you're going to get out of Levis. And now that uh, a team has some tape on him, it might be a different story here moving forward. Or just did you like what you saw? Well, I mean, he played well, and they gave him some explosiveness down the field with his throws and his arm. I don't know if it'll continue because now you have a kind of a look at what their offense looks like with him under center and not Tannehill. That's always the case. You know, the, the longer rookies play, like we saw with C.J. Stroud, the more defensive coordinators get a handle on, okay, here's what he wants to do. Here's where he wants to throw the ball. I want to go back to that Jet Giant game. I mean, I'm at Bill's house, and, you know, the same thing happened for us, and I'm trying to tell him to get him on the game, and, you know, and we can't. Oh, by the way, YouTube yesterday I thought was a disaster. My my TV was freezing constantly. Couldn't see <laughs> no the game. Way. It was the worst experience I've had with YouTube so far this year. It was really bad. But my my thing was – why try the field goal? People say, well, you're up by six. Yeah, but you're still prone to a touchdown. Okay, so, you know, and I understand that. But if you turn it over there, which is what happens on a missed field goal, the ball spotted seven yards. I think with 24 seconds left, with the amount of time that was left on that, I think he'd have been better off taking DeVito, taking five steps backwards off a shotgun and thrown the ball as high up into the air as he put your punt team out there. And let the punter throw the ball as high up into the air as you possibly can. And the clock doesn't stop until the ball comes down. And if you throw it to the end of the back of the end zone, you know, you know, it's not going to get grounding if you've got a receiver over there. And you're going to eat away time, and then they don't pick up the free seven yards, and life goes on. Now, the guy should have missed it, but do you realize that Cano wasn't healthy? Like they kept saying on the sideline, right. he wasn't healthy. Yeah, he was compromised. Yeah. Bad, bad situation. So he misses the field goal. Obviously, Zach Wilson, like, who was that Zach Wilson? The couple of sh- sh- throws that he made, like, that was not the guy we saw for the previous 58 minutes. So a uh, very imp- impressive way for the Jets to go on and win that game. The Giants had negative nine passing yards, the fewest for a team that had an overtime game in NFL history. Not a club that you want to be a part of. TG, let's close things out here talking Monday Night Football. The Raiders headed out there to Detroit to take on the Lions. Lions laying seven, it looks like, pretty much across the board out here total 46 and a half where are you guys at and are you guys seeing some Raiders love like some other folks are seeing a lot of Raiders money here today a lot um so again we were at uh seven and a half earlier this morning so we we took uh Raiders money there at seven and a half now now it's seven um so uh that's kind of dried up at the moment the the other uh thing we're seeing we're seeing Raiders money in the first half and we were at four and a half there and again they just uh, it was really a play to grab that four and a half now at four uh not so popular of a play uh also seeing some sharper money there to the under so um you know this game opened the Lions seven and a half and um total will open at 44 and a half so total has uh ticked up couple points there from the opener now it's pretty much uh 46 and a half is where you're seeing it market wise seeing some 46s i guess out there for the total but um i i think this is a game here where and i know uh there's reports of uh saint brown there on detroit he may have the flu may not be a hundred percent um there but uh i i think this is a game here where um 
this could have a potential to have a lot of points here put up. Great stuff, Thomas. Thanks so much for doing this as always on a Thanks, Monday. TG. All right. Thank you guys. Thomas Gable, director of the race and sports book out there at the Borgata in Atlantic city. Also, while we kind of wrap up some thoughts on that giants game, according to the New York post earlier this morning, Daniel Jones was given clearance for contact on Sunday prior to the game. And the expectation is that he will be available when the giants face the Raiders this coming week in Las Vegas. Um, obviously Tyrod Taylor injured with the rib during the game. Tommy DeVito steps in. It was a, an abysmal offensive performance for all of the teams from New York yesterday. We'll be right back on the Lombardi line. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this week, new customers can bet $5 and pocket 200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code VEGAS when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Now, let's dive in to this Titans team a little bit more here, Michael, because with the injured Ryan Tannehill on the mm-hmm. bench, in steps, the rookie Will Levis in his NFL debut, all he does is go out and throw for four touchdowns, no picks, and double what we had seen the last handful of games from Ryan Tannehill in terms of touchdown production. So, I mean, basically everybody that thought that he was going to be picked early in the draft is probably like, oh, dang, you know what? Day day two for Will Levis, he shouldn't have been sitting around after all. What did you make of the performance, a 28 to 23 win for Tennessee? Well, you know, you got to give them credit. They threw the, they made explosive plays, Stormy, something they typically hadn't been able to do all year. If Burks was back, that helps. Hopkins made a play down the field, and he threw yeah. the ball really well. I mean, you know, he threw the ball down the field. It wasn't down after down that he was dominating, but he got the lead play from in front, you know, and he was able to, to uh, use his running game, which is obviously very critical. I mean, he averaged 8.2 yards per completion, per attempt. I mean, Tannehill was at Tannehill was at, at seven point one. 
And Tannehill only threw two touchdown passes in 158 attempts, and this kid threw four in just 29. So it was really a hell of a day. Now, do you think it's going to continue? I don't know, but I think the fact that they were able to to run the ball, play good defense, great uniforms, by the way. Oh, yeah. You can't, you can't knock those. I mean, those were great, right? And the, the receivers made explosive plays, and you think about it. Hopkins had his longest play of the game, and so did Burks. And so they were able to utilize that and made it a closer game. I think losing Grady Jarrett for the Falcons, he tore his ACL during the game. I think that yep. really hurt their run defense and their ability to rush the passer. Yep, Grady Jarrett, season-ending ACL injury. Desmond Ritter was also evaluated for a concussion. He got cleared but didn't come back into the game. Michael, was that another situation you think similar to what we saw with Deshaun Watson a couple weeks ago? Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, Atlanta couldn't convert on third down when he was in the game. It was a painful. I mean, he fumbled again. You know, and, and and so I think they had no choice. And, and I felt like probably if you're Arthur Smith, you're saying, well, if I put him back in, he makes mistakes. Then is it because of the concussion or is he just making mistakes? But it was interesting. Heineke said after the game, this is Ritter's team. He's because he's the starting mm-hmm. quarterback. So clearly he's coming back to be the starter. It's the same thing that happened in Arizona. You know, uh, right after that game, Jonathan Gannon made it very clear. There'll be no Kyler Murray next week. It's going to be Joshua Dobbs. Which I thought was an interesting statement, especially because he had just said earlier in the week that, hey, Kyler Murray is fully healthy right now. He's practicing in full. There were some people that were even questioning if he might be activated this week. He wasn't. So mostly looking ahead to next week, thought, OK, that would make a lot of sense. And he just put the kibosh on that right away yesterday. Yeah, he'd like to no, not even a debate about it. Right. It just was OK. He's not coming back. You know, whereas, I mean, if you're Tennessee, you got to feel good. Okay, Levis, you got him in the second round. Let's see what he can do. You know, one thing we do know, if we watch C.J. Stroud, he kind of has gotten into a little bit. People understand what he's doing. People have a feel for it, right? Mm -hmm. And I think at the end of the day, he'll come around it and he'll, he'll figure out how defenses are playing him. He's an inexperienced player. Well, I think the same thing will happen to Levis as well. But, you know, the, for right now, I mean, he threw the ball with good accuracy. He was able to, to, to get it down the field, which is, look, you're, you're not going to beat anybody throwing four-yard checks down. Now, when it became a third-down game, that's when he got in a little bit of trouble, you know, because he was 5 for 15 on third down. But if you don't make it a third-down game, you got a chance. And when you hit those long home runs, it keeps, you keep, it keeps the chains moving. You don't have to worry about third down. So, so, Michael, to your point, though, about obviously, like, no other teams really have tape on Will Levis yet, right, like they do with C.J. Stroud. So when you look at the tight future this season like after they have a performance like that a lot of people I think on the outside looking in are like okay well now do you want to trade other assets away or do you want to see what this kid can do and put it together because maybe there's still potential life in the division or to get a wild card spot like are we thinking too much into one singular performance from Will Levis well, no, but I think it, it, you know, look, the South is not over with, right? I mean, right. I know they're three and four, but they, they still have a chance and it gives them a chance. I think they're really good on defense. I think they traded Bayard, you know, really because they felt like he was a declining player. I think there's a misconception. Sometimes we think selling off assets and sometimes they're selling off a declining player. Remember, they wanted him to take a pay cut and then they went through a whole maturation of getting him to take a pay cut. I mean, they signed Hopkins. I think they're fully vested. I don't want to walk into Mike Vrabel's office and say, look, we're just trading away a guy who scored a 61-yard touchdown. I don't think they're going to do that. You know, they made it very clear they're not trading Henry. And look, Henry yesterday was good. 
Yeah. I mean, they needed him. You know, if you're going to play the young quarterback, you got to run. And this is this team is not good enough up front. Their offensive line struggles. But yesterday when they had balance and they can run for a buck 50, you know, without having a long run in there and they 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 put spears in the game. Remember, for as good as Baltimore is, I mean, they're in this Baltimore game to the bitter end. Right. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until they had to bring Willison. This isn't a horrible team. This is a team like a lot of teams that have problems that haven't been able to get a lot of production out of their quarterback. Yeah, I mean, the Jags are a odds-on favorite for a reason in the division, and they do have a significant lead, 6-2 and two on the year to this point. But you said it, it's it's not over yet. There's a whole lot of runway still to go in this season, and if they could put it together, who knows what that could mean. In the division, 13-1 right now, Jags a $5 favorite. Tennessee's getting three at Pittsburgh this coming short week, Thursday night football, taking on a Steelers team, by the way. Kenny Pickett had to leave last night's yesterday's game with a first-half rib injury. In comes MVP Mitch. Yeah, I mean, that was bad from the start, though. I, I, I mean, look, you know, I said this. Remember we were talking about the landmines? There was a bunch of them, yeah. right? We, we know there were nine home dogs. So the Titans were the right Pittsburgh. home dog. The Steelers were not. <laughs> right. The Steelers reminded me of everybody was on the, the Chargers last, last week, two weeks ago in Kansas City. Remember when they were five and a half, me included? They were five and a half point favorites, and everybody said, oh, you, they always play close games. Well, the Mike Tomlin underdog came into play here. Everybody played that and lost because, you know, let's face it, the, they couldn't do anything offensively even when Pickett was in the game. The first four drives of the game, they went three and out. They're punting. Now, they kept themselves in the game because they held them to field goals. I mean, the, the Jaguars start out with six-place field goal, seven-play field goal, fumble, interception, then field goal to end the half. I mean, they only scored nine points in the first half, but not to be outdone, I mean, the Steelers go four, four, three and outs. They don't get their first first down until like under nine minutes mm -hmm. to go in the first in the second quarter. They kick a field goal, then they miss a field goal. And then by the second half, Mitch turns it over twice in the fourth quarter. It was over. So, I mean, you can only go so far with your defense kind of keeping you in the game. And they just couldn't do it. And, you know, now with Mitch on a short week against a Tennessee team that matches them physically, you know, they're not going to push around, but the problem is going to be for Tennessee. Can they protect? I mean, Tennessee's tackles are still not good. They got away with it against Atlanta. It's hard to get away with it at home again, on the road in Pittsburgh with Watt and Highsmith and all those guys coming off the edge. Uh, another young quarterback who you mentioned here in the segment already, C.J. Stroud. He and Bryce Young went head-to-head -head yesterday in Carolina. It came down to a walk-off field goal. Eddie Pinheiro ends up winning it for the Carolina Panthers, 15-13 the final. And I, I, I hesitate to use the word outdueled, but good for Bryce Young technically outdueling C.J. Stroud in a game that was yeah. so important for him, right? I don't know if it was a duel. I, if I, was it like, was, I don't know if that's the right using, word, but <laughs> I, I think they, if it was a duel, they were using slingshots, not guns, <laughs> because it was. I watched this game because as I, I thought I was on Carolina, especially on in my Russo picks. Yep. So I was watching this game, and of course Frank Wright. You know why? Anytime it's fourth and short near the red zone, he's going for it. Now he never successful. Just so we put that out there, like he's one for four in the red zone. Like, he has a hard time scoring points, and he's turning points down, right? He has a hard time scoring points. Do you realize, you know, and so they were able to, to – they played great defense in the fourth quarter. They only allowed two first downs in the fourth, and they got the ball back. 
and they got the ball back at their own nine and drove it down the field, 15-play drive, got eight first downs on that drive, and they were able to kick the field goal and win the game. They got helped by a penalty. Don't get me wrong now. They did. They got helped by a penalty, and, you know, they got two penalties, actually, on that drive that really kept the drive alive. But, you know, C.J. Stroud, other than the two drives, he had a 17-play drive and a 12-play drive. Other than that, they were not very good. They fumbled and gave the ball to to the um, – to the Panthers in their own territory, which resulted in a, in a touchdown. So, you know, to me, this was two bad offenses going against each other. And, you know, I, I just think Stroud kind of, even off the bye week, wasn't quite where he needs to be in terms of people have caught up to him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, 140 yards through the air for Stroud. Bryce Young, 22 of 31, 235 yards, a touchdown. No picks, though, which I think is important for him, you know, not turning over the ball. We joked going in that this was the Carolina Panthers and Bryce Young Super Bowl, and boy, did they celebrate like it yeah. after that field goal was made. And officially, the hands went up from the officials there. We're going to step aside. We'll reset for hour two some of the big takeaways from what was a hectic NFL Sunday, as well as previewing Monday night football with the Raiders headed out there to Detroit taking on the Lions. Still a number of games to get to. Uh, I just can't get over what yesterday was. Wild, wild day in the NFL. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.